Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 27th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperneich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. A happy Monday to everyone, ready to get going with this big week of Magic Basketball. Reunion Tour starts Monday as the Orlando Magic take on the Toronto Raptors. I'll preview that game in just a bit, as well as talk about Friday's win over the Detroit Pistons. A uh, lot to take away from that game as far as the way the Magic played offensively. Maybe it says more about how bad the Pistons are playing right now. But uh, we'll talk, we'll chat a little bit about that game and kind of the implications of that offensive performance. Orlando, of course, winning 115-87. to That's what it feels like to win by 30 point, 28 points. But that's what it feels like to win a game running away, uh, which the Magic have been on the opposite end of that for a very, very long time, very numerous times this season. And the Magic playing... Really, really well. So I'll talk a little bit about that. And then with the Magic heading to Toronto for Monday's tip-off at 7.30, I'll chat a little bit about Terrence Ross and how he's been doing in the month since he arrived in the city. Beautiful. But let's start with the game against the Pistons. I'll have a little bit more to say about it, so I'm going to talk about it very, very briefly uh, here. The Magic just worked the Detroit Pistons. It was just a, a complete blowout, runaway victory for the Magic, uh, they they had control early. Uh, they were up uh, 57 to 39 after two quarters. Uh, the Magic, you know, it was back and forth game. You know, a lot of some turnovers early in the game. Detroit stayed in it. Bench didn't really give up much. And then when the, when the starters come, started coming back in at the end of the second quarter, Magic went on a run that really took the game out of control. And the Magic kept it going. They scored 70 points in the second and third quarters combined. They go up by as much as 33 points and win the game running away. Orlando shooting 51.6% from the floor, 12 for 26 from beyond the arc. Uh, at one point, I think they had, at the end of the third quarter, I think they had 30 assists on 38 three-pointers. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Uh, and, and they locked down Detroit's defense, or locked down Detroit defensively. Uh, Detroit, um, not a great offensive team to begin with, or about an average offensive team at least. Uh, they just, just weren't, playing together. A lot of isolation basketball. Uh, not a lot of movement. They missed some shots early, which certainly hurts confidence, as, as the Magic know well in these types of games. But the Pistons were just not a good team at all this night, uh, on Friday night. And, and and the Magic, you know, after so many times being taken advantage of in that situation, they put the foot down. And that was a message that Frank Vogel actually gave the team uh, at halftime. And, and I think is honestly really, really important for what the Magic say they're trying to do to end the season. Yeah, it's all we talked about at halftime. You know, we had three situations where we had these big big leads going into uh, the fourth quarter and uh, let games slip away. And, you know, that it's a four-quarter four game. It's a 48-minute game. You know, we I mean, obviously played a terrific first half, had a big lead, and wanted to make sure we, you know, kept the foot on the gas and, you know, played a complete game through four quarters, so we did. Lesson indeed learned for the Orlando Magic. And, and when we do talk about the Magic trying to build a winning culture and trying to kind of learn how to win basketball games, 
being able to blow out an opponent, a good team, the Detroit Pistons are in the thick of the Eastern Conference playoff race, is, to me, a good sign and certainly something that we should view positively. Now, this is the part of the show where I'm going to acknowledge that, yeah, winning right now probably doesn't help. Uh, Weekend results this weekend uh, have put the Magic into quite the battle, Uh, and, and maybe this deserves being talked about a little bit more in its own segment, uh, but I'm going to talk about it right now. The Orlando Magic are now 27-46. in 46. Uh, They are still, you know, they're still technically in the playoff race. I, I haven't updated my Magic numbers, but the, but entering Sunday's games, their their Magic number was three for elimination from the playoffs. So three Magic, win, three magic losses or three Miami Heat wins will eliminate the Magic from the playoffs. So they're t- still technically in the playoff race. But... As we sat there on Friday, the Magic were fourth in line for lottery odds. As we sit here on Sunday night after Sunday's games, the Magic are now tied at 27-46 and 46 with the Philadelphia 76ers and the New York Knicks for lottery odds. Uh, the Magic, uh, are like the Sixers actually, are 4-6. And, and so that means uh, if, the, if it were today, New York, Philadelphia, and Orlando would share the lottery combinations for spots 4, 5, and 6, giving the Magic a 29.6% chance of getting a top three pick, the same as the Sixers and the Knicks. Obviously, things are going to continue to change. Uh, and adding more to that, Sacramento won, Sacramento's win against the Clippers has them at 7th with 28 wins. Minnesota's also sitting at 28 wins with two games in hand uh, that they have yet to play to catch up to the Magic. They've lost six in a row. Um, the Magic and the Sixers, among the teams at the bottom of the standings, uh, are four and six, which is good. Like I think uh, that's encouraging for the Magic and the goals they're trying to accomplish. But certainly, the lottery picture has changed just a smidge. And, and I know that there is certainly a lot of anticipation for this lottery. I, I made my opinion pretty well known that that I'm not as high on this lottery as a lot of other people. But there are like I said in previous podcasts, four or five really good players uh, that you can get in this draft. And, and the Magic, through their decision to try and get wins, and, and that's not necessarily a decision. Let, let, let me let me rephrase that. Rephrase that. Through the Magic's winning on the court, good or bad, and I'm not one to complain about wins. I think wins are good, period. Um, I'm not going to complain about them. But it does have an effect on this draft order. And, you know, you can run the lottery simulator all the time. I'm doing it right now on Tankathon. Uh, the Magic fall to 7th. It's possible. Crazy things happen. It's a lottery. Uh, and so, you, you, you control what you can control, and I get the, the, the desire to have as many ping-pong balls as possible come the lottery in May, but I'll also say that wins are good in, in and of themselves. There's no one rookie that's going to fix the Magic. Well, certainly they would help dramatically, uh, and... I'm going to continue, as I've said on this podcast before, to hold the Magic to the standard that they have set for themselves. The Magic have said they want to try and win games. I'm going to hold them that standard and expect them to do that, whether it's good or bad for the long-term prospects of the team. My opinion doesn't matter. I'm just going to analyze the facts as I see them. The Magic are trying to win games. They're trying to build a culture as futile or as in vain as it may seem. They certainly do need a talent upgrade to, to get to the places that they want to go next year. But... They want to win games. That's what the, that's their stated goal. I wouldn't expect anything less from the players or coaches than to try their hardest to win games. 
The Magic are sitting Jeff Green right now with back spasms. Uh, he's, he didn't make the trip to Toronto on Monday. I'll preview that game in a bit. Uh, and, and so they're going to keep trying Mario Zonia at the four. The, the reality is this is a 27-win team. They, they're on pace still for, let me calculate this real fast. They're on pace for 30 wins. Uh, there are probably three more wins left on the schedule. They'll probably get to 30. That'll leave them where, where it leaves them. I, I think you can only worry about yourself. Uh, and, and the Magic, frankly, don't have young players that they need to play that they aren't playing already or veterans that they need to sit that are standing in the way of young players. They're doing exactly what they should, uh, in my opinion. And the players are doing exactly what they should too and trying their hardest to finish the season with some momentum uh, and give management, whoever it's going to be, give management uh, an idea of what they have to work with and where they need to really improve for next season. So I get it. I get the the frustration maybe with the wins because a lot of people are very high on this draft. I'm not one of them, but falling to 7th or 8th wouldn't be ideal in my opinion for the Magic. At the same time, I'm not going to complain about wins. Magic win a game. They should be trying to win games. The reality is they're probably going to lose games. And, you know, Toronto's a good team. Magic have matched up well with them. But Toronto's a very, very good team that's playing very, very well right now. Uh, and, and that's going to be a good, a big challenge for this team to overcome. Toronto, as I'm sure everyone knows, one of the top teams in the East. They've kind of, they fell back a little bit. That's when the Magic got them twice in a week. Um, they're starting to surge back again, and that is a pun that I intended to use. 109.7 offensive rating, uh, even without Kyle Lowry, they are putting up a lot of points. They can score. DeMar DeRozan seems to be back to his November form where he's scoring 30 points left and right. And a 104.9 defensive rating, positive 4.8 net rating. That is fourth in the league, so they're essentially playing like the fourth best team in the league. Essentially playing as the best team in the Eastern Conference for the season. Uh, Since Serge Ibaka arrived in Toronto, uh, the team is still playing pretty well. Uh, their net rating is 6th in the league, 4.6, 105.4 offensive rating. So their offense has taken a little bit of a step back. A lot of that has to do with Kyle Lowry being out. He's still out for uh, for, for Monday's game. Defensive rating is 100.9. So Serge Ibaka has, the addition of Serge Ibaka has helped their defense uh, a little bit uh, and made them a better team. And they're starting to round themselves into form for their playoff push. Should be an interesting game. Magic have matched up well with them in the past, but we'll see if they can handle the new-look Toronto Raptors with Serge Ibaka in the lineup. That tips off at 7.30 on Fox Sports Florida, as well as Fox Sports Go and NBA League Pass. Before I move on, though, to uh, uh, to the next thing I want to talk about, to the Magic's uh, offense on Friday night, I do want to take a pause and congratulate Alfred Payton on winning the uh, Rich and Helen DeVos Community Enrichment Award. Uh, that is the community service award that's given out every year at the Orlando Magic Youth Foundation's Black Tie and Tennis Gala. Fortunately, I did not get the chance to go to the Black Tie and Tennis Gala this year. I went last year. You can check out my video uh, on the Orlando Magic Daily YouTube channel uh, if you want to see highlights from last year's event. Uh, but congratulations to Alfred Payton. Really well-deserved. He's done a lot of stuff in the community, both here in Orlando as well as in his hometown in, in Louisiana, and I believe it's Gretna outside of New Orleans. Uh, someone will correct me on that. Uh, but yeah, he's done a lot of great work uh, both here and at home. Uh, Alfred is just one of the you know most caring guys uh, in that locker room, uh, usually very understated, of course, and, and even in his acceptance speech, he apparently uh, said, you know, it's... You know, this is really an award that that all of my teammates should share because they they do a lot of hard work too. So, 
Um, uh, congratulations to Alfred Payton. It's it's obviously an award that you don't you know you don't set out trying to win, or you hope you don't set out trying to win. And if you do, you're at least helping people on the process. But um, you know, uh, there are so many deserving guys on this team. Uh, Bismack Biombo would have been a great winner. Serge Ibaka would have been a great winner, frankly, too, if he, he was still on the team. Uh, Nikola Vucevic was also up for the award. And, and he, I think the other finalist was Aaron Gordon, I'd like to say. I, I don't know. There are a lot of great guys. Oh, Jeff Green was the other finalist. Um, a lot of great guys who do a lot of great work in the community that uh, the Magic tried to recognize uh, as well as, uh, you know, every, as, as well as we try to recognize when, when we can. Uh, so uh, congratulations, Alfred Payton, once again. Well-deserved. We're happy to have him in our community working with, working with various causes throughout the city and, and throughout the area. So uh, congratulations to him. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Let's move back into basketball, though. The Orlando Magic taking, when the Magic took on the Pistons on Friday, it was, as Frank Vogel said, one of the best games that the Magic have played. Yeah, our best ball movement game of the year, by far. And, uh, and we preach it every some game. Some games it's easier than others, but uh, that starting group in particular, you know, really sets the tone, both with Alfred uh, initiating everything and, and Evan and Terrence have, have really... Uh, gotten really good at you know just reading defense looking to be aggressive with their curls and you know when the bigs form the wall they make the extra pass and our bigs are willing passers you know Aaron being at the four and obviously Vooch at the five and uh the bench came in and did a good did a good job with it as well and it's been one of his great coachisms uh to trust the pass and if there was a game that felt like a like pure example of the magic quote-unquote trusting the pass it was this one like I said 30 assists on 38 makes through three quarters. They finished with 36 assists, which actually was the, I believe, the season high or tied the season high in assists. The other one was the game against Atlanta where the Magic scored 135 points or something like that. Um, Just set a ton of records, made a lot of shots too. Um, You shoot 51.6%, so uh, 36 assists on 47 field goals. That means you're probably getting good looks. They're getting looks in rhythm off passes, wide open looks that are created off of penetration and dishes. And, And that's what this Magic offense has always had to be predicated on. It had to be predicated on everyone working together, someone getting in the lane, causing the defense to collapse, and him not necessarily finishing, but finding that open guy and him finding the next open guy as the defense tries to tries to get back out to the shooter. That has always been what the Magic needed to accomplish on the offensive end, and, and frankly, it's what they've always struggled to do sometimes. A lot of the times, I think Vogel said, I think Frank Vogel said this, uh, after the loss of the Charlotte Hornets on Wednesday, the ball would get stuck on the same side. It would be one side basketball. And with a team like the Hornets that like to wall off the paint and just kind of swarm and surround you, you got to be able to get it to the weak side. I mean, I was watching, uh, this is great for instance, actually, I was watching Florida's uh, loss to South Carolina in the NCAA tournament on, on Sunday, and Florida was relying a little too heavily on their three-pointers, but they were getting stuck on the same side. I was watching that game in every possession. I was like, Kick it to the corner quick because you got a man. You, South Carolina was was trapping Florida a lot, 
and, and forcing them into making rush passes or make make bad decisions or to settle on, on three-pointers instead of getting in the paint and causing them to collapse. If you trust your teammates, if you trust the pass, you'll move that ball to, to, to the next guy. He'll move it to the opposite side before the defense can attack can can attack or, or recover. And either he'll get an open three or, as, as happened one or once or twice in Florida when they actually did this, um, you'll you'll catch a guy closing out and be able to, to pump fake him and drive past him and kind of start the cycle again. That's how offenses work. You got to make the defense rotate and catch the defense before they can get set. And that's what passing does. Uh, Orlando, on top of all this, you can't have all this without player movement. And what was really unique and strong about Friday's game is their player movement was fantastic. You heard Vogel there talk about Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross cutting really well. Ross was really good coming off of pin downs and curls to get shots and putting them up quickly. I mean, the great thing was he was making quick decisions and, and he was making shots. Ross finished six for nine, five for six from the from the three-point line, 18 points for him, and a really, really strong effort. Uh, that, that was a, Ross started to find his rhythm again after Wednesday's game, especially after making that game-winning shot Monday against the Sixers. Um, or he, may, he was making quick decisions and getting space. I mean, he was really running well off the screens. Fournier was doing a lot of the same things. Uh, he wasn't curling to get a shot. He was curling and going straight to the basket. And, and, and Peyton did a really good job finding him on a few occasions. Just some of these final stats here. Alfred Payton, another triple-double. 14 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Nikola Vucevic, after a career-high 8 assists on Wednesday, finished with 16 points and 6 assists on Friday, 8 for 14 shooting. Remember, this is all virtually in three quarters. None of these guys played in the fourth quarter, or at least the starters did. Um, Jody Meeks, a big beneficiary, 15 points, 3 for 4, 3-point shooting. Uh, Mario Azonia had four assists in the first quarter, and in his first stint at least, finished with six. And, and he's really been unleashed as a passer a little bit more coming out of the power forward position because he's got the size to still see over those guys but also the ability to drive past slower defenders, and it's it's working for him. It's 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 been an experiment that's continuing and, and worth continuing because Azonia has been very successful so far at that position. We'll see what happens when teams start getting tape and really breaking down what the Magic are trying to do with him and what he's been doing at that position. In in in, in essence, in general, the Magic trusting the pass means that they're moving the ball, that the ball does not stand stagnant for too long. Whether it's Alfred Payton driving in or someone reversing the ball or making getting a ball reversal going, the ball does not stop. The, someone doesn't catch the ball and hold it for too long, giving the defense a chance to set itself. Because the Magic don't have that guy who can break the defense down one-on-one. They've got to move and shift and pass and do all those things that get players open. That's what the Magic have to do. That's what trusting the pass means. And Orlando has has got to got to do this. They got to take that to heart until they get that one-on-one player. And, and who knows when that's going to come. Like I described the draft situation. Um it, you know, it's pretty up in the air at the moment. But the Magic do have to keep this this thing going. They do have to uh play this style. And it's not always going to be as pretty as it was Friday night. Detroit just is not in a good place right now. And not only is Detroit not in a good place, they played like it. Their defense was lackluster. Uh, they, they, I mean, it takes, I mean, I always say this, 
it takes effort to lose by 30 points in the NBA. And if it wasn't for Boban Marjanovic scoring 15 points in the fourth quarter, the Pistons would have lost by 30 or 40 points because the Magic were that much better than them on Friday. But I think in fairness to the Magic, you've got to beat a team by 32. That takes skill as well. And the Magic played, as Vogel said, a very good game. One of their best games of the season. And dominated the Detroit Pistons. And of course, the competition continues to seem to get bigger and and better. Um, Beating the Suns, no one's impressed by that. Beating the Sixers in overtime, no one's impressed by that. Beating this Pistons team, it's not bad. But... No one's still impressed by that quite yet. This game at Toronto is going to be a big one. Wednesday against Oklahoma City is going to be a big one. Uh, those are two games where the Magic can really prove that that they're really building something, that they have something that might be a little real. It's it's hard to, to say what's, what's real or not in March. But when these games against two teams in the thick, really in the thick of the playoff race and playing better, now you might have something. And to do that, they've got to trust the pass. They've got to play like they gotta play at least in the style that they did on Friday night. And and that's what I'll be looking for as the Magic take on the Raptors on Monday. Another big storyline though for Monday's game, and one that, that we'll certainly be keeping an eye on and, and having and, and talking about and, and watching is Terrence Ross's return to the Toronto Raptors. And, and this does seem like, and, and we'll have a couple pieces up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com today, so be sure to check them out. Um, we will have a couple pieces on Terrence Ross and how he's doing with the Orlando Magic, but I wanted to kind of tackle that a little bit on the show today since it feels very, very relevant. Uh, since joining the Magic, Ross is averaging 12.3 points per game, 1.7 assists per game, about a steal a game, 1.2 steals per game, uh, three or 3.3 rebounds per game. He's shooting a 50.3% effective field goal percentage that is his lowest since his rookie year, as well as 33.3% from beyond the arc and 42% from the floor overall. Uh, His raw statistical numbers are are better than they were in Toronto, but he's averaging nine more minutes per game, and it does feel like a lot of his statistical output is more of an increase in his minutes and his production. Because when you look at his per 36-minute per 36 numbers, they're not better. He averaged 6 point, 16.7 points per 36 minutes in Toronto. He's averaging 14.2 in Orlando. Uh, 4.1 rebounds, 3.8. 4.1 rebounds in Toronto, 3.8 rebounds per 36 in Orlando. Uh, again, the shooting percentages, 37.5% from beyond the arc in Toronto, 44.1% from the floor in Toronto as well. Uh, his numbers, his statistical numbers seem to be better Uh when, in his time with Toronto, I mean, even something as basic, as, even as something as as uh, you know imperfect as PER says, fourteen point nine PER in Toronto, ten point five PER in Orlando, negative offensive box plus minus. His defense seems to have improved a little bit uh, according to box plus minus, but don't want to put a ton of stock in that. Uh, plain and simple, Ross has missed shots, um, except for the last two games, uh, which he's started to play better. At. Ross has missed a lot of shots, and, and while the threat, I think the threat of his shooting has helped the Magic create some space, it's still about production. It's still about, for a team that's trying to win, it's still about what can you produce, what can you score, how can you shoot, are, when you're left open, are you going to make shots, and that's where Ross has really, really struggled since coming to Orlando. Why that's the case, 
Who knows? I mean, Terrence Ross has a little bit of a reputation of being an inconsistent player, someone who gets really, really hot and really, really cold, and you don't know when it's going to start and when it's going to stop. Uh, that's part of what the Magic bought when they got Terrence Ross. Uh, overall, though, he does seem to be fitting. I, I do like the way the Magic use him in a lot of ways. I love him coming off of the curls like he did Friday. I love you know, kind of seeing him getting a little bit more involved that way, uh, seeing his his opportunities in pick and rolls increase. That, that really hasn't happened quite yet. Uh, but the Magic are still figuring out how to how to fit Ross in. And, 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 and Ross, I think, is even trying to figure out when to kind of take control and when to when to assert himself in a game. Um, it's different. I mean, it's, it's just another learning curve. Uh, one of my first experiences. So uh, just learning how to, to deal with that and uh, how to handle everything. So it's not too bad. That was Terrence Ross at shoot-around before Friday's game. So, uh, you know, before he really got himself going again, 6-for-9 shooting, 5-for-6 from beyond the arc, and scoring 18 points for the Magic in Friday's blowout victory. Uh, again, for Ross, that the answer to, to his questions and to his struggles is just he's got to make shots. Uh, certainly, I, I think that there is a current that the Magic could... Um, could use him a little bit more. Uh, his usage rate is actually down from his time in Toronto. Uh, so I think that he could probably, the Magic could probably find ways to get him more involved um, in the offense and find ways to, to get him freed up for shots too. Um, I think there's still a little bit of, you know, guys stuck in their same roles or, or Ross unsure when to take over or how to take over. A game. Uh, it, it's definitely a uh, it's definitely a big question for the Magic figuring out how to use him with the pieces that they have, uh, you know, and and certainly and again like running a play for him at the end of Monday's game against the Philadelphia 76ers was a huge step and a huge boost of confidence to him, and we're seeing exactly what that confidence is bringing. Uh, Ross Ross said it's going to be a little bit emotional when when he arrives back in Toronto and when he's introduced and when he plays there for the first time. He spent the first five years five years of his career uh, in Toronto. Really helped build that 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 team up. If you didn't read his thank you letter to Toronto on the Players Tribune, I highly suggest you do so. Uh, it's a really heartfelt thank you for for everything that they've done for him and and, and appreciation of what he helped build. Uh, with the Raptors uh, and really with with Toronto basketball in general, uh, so it, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be emotional. I think Ross is going to try very hard to play well in Monday's game. And, and the Magic, you know, if they're trying to win games again, they need Terrence Ross to play well. They need him to make shots. They need him to continue playing as just pretty solid defense, not not great defense, but solid defense. Uh, and they need him to 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 make shots, get himself open, be involved, be aggressive when he when he gets a chance. And help his teammates, and 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 he's largely done that just by his presence. I mean, it's very clear that uh, it's helped the team have that presence, that three point threat on the floor, even if he's not making threes. And if he does start making threes, then things are really going to change for the for the Magic and really for the better. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And certainly, uh, Ross feels like he's found a little bit of a home in Orlando as far as where he fits into this team's future plans, but everything can change pretty quickly, as we know, in the NBA. But right now, it does definitely feels like uh, like Ross uh, has a place and, and will continue to, to, to find a place 
uh, with with the Magic. Uh, just just needs to start making shots like like so many players on this team. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Magic. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the podcast. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Audio, Stitcher. Tune in. You can subscribe to the podcast at those fine places. And uh, be sure to give us a five-star rating if you can. It does help us climb the rankings. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Or like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And you can find me on Twitter at Daily, as well as uh, on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily for the latest on the Orlando Magic. Remember as well that the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open. I may try and answer a few more questions on Friday if I get more. Uh, but... You can send me your questions, and really any inquiry to the show, to the website. You know whether it's whether it's a question, whether it's a comment, whether it's an ad inquiry, whatever it is. You can contact us uh, via email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. And if you have any questions for the mailbag, be sure to submit them uh, to the Twitter at omagicdaily, or you can also do so uh, at Locked On Magic. Again, that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with a complete recap of the Magic's game against the Toronto Raptors. Again, that tips off at 7.30 p.m. on Fox Sports Florida in Orlando, NBA League Pass everywhere else, uh, or whatever channel it's on in Toronto. I, I, don't, I don't know what channel it's on in Toronto. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.